Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. I am so excited about being here. I, I just, I have so many things that I, I want to talk about today. A uh, couple of things before I get started is, uh, if you haven't noticed, uh, the Dees family are, are back home where they belong. I love that. And uh, Andrew is going to be bringing the word next week, so I'm excited about that. You're saying you're just excited because you're not preaching. Well, no, because uh, once a preacher, always a preacher. You just like to preach. And, uh, uh, but I am really excited to hear what God has to say. And there's a couple of other things that are coming up that I want you to know of. Starting this Saturday, how many have ever wanted to be in the movies, to be an actor, to be an actress? Um, you know, there's, there's uh, acting classes that are starting this Saturday, right here at the church, and for the next four weeks, and it's a Christian group, they're, you're going through acting classes, then after that, uh, they're going to be uh, auditioning for a new Christian movie that's going to be coming, uh, and I don't know what it is, but I know they're going to have it, so the acting classes are uh, for preteens, and they have a two-hour session for teens, and a two-hour session for adults. So, if you're interested in, in acting, if you want to be in the movies, uh, make sure you see me or we'll put it online. You can just show up, and I, I think it's a nominal fee, not too much. Uh, but anyway, it's a lot of fun. And then, coming up sometime soon, we have uh, a movie premiere that's going to be right here at First Alliance. Don't you love that? Isn't that going to be great? So, I want to encourage you to be part of that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, really going to enjoy that. Also, if, if you think, well, the pastor's been kind of rude to me today, he's not really talking to me, it's because I had a cold. I've had one all week, and, and I was tested, and can you believe it? It's just an ordinary cold. I mean, there's no COVID. I mean, it was unbelievable. I didn't even know those things existed anymore, and uh, they said, no, you just have a head cold, and I said, thank God, I, I, I have just a head cold. But anyway, almost gone, but I don't want to give it to you because, you know, those two or three nights where you have to sleep sitting up because you can't breathe, you don't want that. So, uh, so anyway, I, I just want to make sure that you understood that, that, that I'm not being rude. Uh, it's just that I just, I, I love you guys and I don't want to give you this thing. So, the Lord is good, isn't he? Last week, man, we talked in, in, in a, about staying in the boat, stay, keep rowing, keep doing what God has you to do. And, and, and then this week, I've heard from so many people that, that there are circumstances in their lives that are just, uh, you know, little things that keep uh, popping up. And, and, they don't, and they're just focused on trying to keep moving forward. And, and I look at that as a pastor, and I think... Man, that, that is amazing, and, and you're not alone because I've experienced it too, but it's, it's one of those things that I see in the spiritual realm as God is working in many people's lives, and the adversary doesn't like it, but the good thing is the things that the adversary intend for bad, God will use for the good. So I just want to encourage you, keep on rolling. This church is primed and ready to go, and I'm very excited about that. We live in amazing times. I'm going to say it again. We live in amazing times. 
Oh, before I forget, February 26th and 27th. Everybody have that? That's a Saturday, Sunday, February 26th and 27th. We have uh, Pastor um, Jorge. He's the uh, pastor of the Arabic Christian Church, and, and he is going to come and put on a seminar on how to minister to Muslim or people of the Muslim, uh, Islam, people of uh, a Muslim faith. So it's going to be free. It's going to be right here on Saturday from 10 till noon. And then he's going to be with us on that Sunday speaking on that topic. So you don't want to miss that. It's free. You can invite your friends. It's going to be a, a great opportunity for all of us. Uh, but we do live in amazing times. And, and, and the adversary is out there trying to do the old divide and conquer Divide and conquer is the theme for the day. Uh, don't, you, uh, don't you love the little uh, the, the flags and stuff that have the serpent on them that's all divided and it says divided, we, uh, united we stand, divided we fall. And, and uh, you know, divide and conquer has just been around for forever. Yeah, and politics divide us. I, I have read so many articles from so many Christian groups, and they're all saying the same thing. Half of them are on one side, half of them are on the other. This half over here thinks this half is, ha, has gone off the uh, deep end. This half thinks that this half is, is heretics, and, and it's trying to, to divide the church. But we need to realize that that our solutions are not going to be found in, in politics, nor is it going to be found in culture, nor is it going to be found in how many laws that we can write and rewrite and rewrite to try to get people to change because the only true change comes through Jesus Christ. And the only way that Jesus Christ ministers is through the Word of God and He allows ministers, He allows His people to share the good news. So in other words, if the world is going to change, it's going to come through you. Don't you love that? Don't, man, you should be saying, wow, look what God believes in me. But we don't have that attitude. We think, because uh, we know ourselves, we think, oh, God must have made a mistake. But God doesn't make mistakes. We are the church we're the catalyst for change in the world. If the world is going to change for the good, it's going to be the church that does it because we are the blood-bought, blood-washed, justified, sanctified, and soon-to-be-glorified church of the living God. God does not make mistakes. We are here for this time and this generation. I mean, have you ever really considered that? That if God would have wanted you in a different generation, you would have been in, the gener in that generation? But here, right now, at this time, you are designed to be effective in the kingdom of God right now. And there is no reason for the church today and why it can't be as powerful as the church has been in any generation at any time. Uh, in, on Wednesdays, we're going through the book of Revelation. We've almost made it uh, through all the, all the churches. We have one more to go. But there's something amazing about all those churches that, that the Lord is speaking to. 
each and every one, no matter what state or condition they find themselves in, no matter what sin they've allowed in the church or what heresy they've begun to practice or, or how uh, dysfunctional they are or how indifferent they are to the gospel or even to righteous living, God always gives them an opportunity to repent. He always says, if you just turn from it, come over to me. That's why in Revelation he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody, see God is no respecter of persons and what he did for others, he can do for us. And Christ delegates this church and his church is designed to be victorious. Christ did not establish a church to be weak and anemic. And, and there is nothing that can stop his church. There's nothing that can stop you and I when we are focused on the right things. Sin can't stop the church. This Romans 5.20 says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. There is more of, of the free uh, grace of God amidst a, a sinful generation than you can imagine. The thief on the cross, all he had to do is say, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Man, it's, it's an opportunity for each and every one of us to realize that God has placed us in this generation at this time to be victorious. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Jesus said we can do all things. We can do all things in his name, through his name, through his authority. We preach in his name. We ask for healing in his name. We bless in his name. We give in his name. We testify in his name. We love in his name. We serve in his name. We give a glass of water to the thirsty in his name. Everything we do is in Christ's authority. Look what Jesus said in John 14, 12. He says, I tell you the truth. Aren't you glad he's telling us the truth? Wouldn't it have been bad if he says, listen, I'm telling you a fable. But he said, I'm telling you the truth. He said, you can mark this down. You can take it to the bank. Anyone, 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 which one are you? You're an anyone. Anyone. You're saying, but not me. Oh no, that's not what the scripture says. It says, anyone who has faith in me. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. Well, what had Jesus been doing? Well, he had been healing people. He had been blessing people. He had been doing the amazing and you say, well, why can't we do these things? Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these. Anyone. I don't know why that word is stuck in my head, but it just really hit me. Anyone. I'm an anyone. You're an anyone. Who has faith in him. See, it's never been about our authority. 
It's never been about how good we are. It's never been about how, how powerful we are. It is the delegated authority that is found in Christ. It's our obedience to the Spirit of God. When the Spirit speaks and we act, that's when great things happen because we are acting in faith. And when you're, when you're standing in the grocery store line because you don't want to go through the automatic checker, And you hear that little voice that says, strike up a conversation with that person. And you instantly think, I have no idea who they are. Who cares? It's a lot of fun. I like talking to people I don't know. Because they don't know anything about me. You know what's so great about talking to people you don't know? You got to try this. All you have to do is ask them a bunch of questions. Hey, how are you? How was your day? Oh, wow, where do you work? What do you do? Wow, you have kids? Wow, they live around you? You know, if you ask people about themselves, they're going to tell you about themselves. And you can meet somebody and begin to talk to them and ask them about themselves, and five minutes later, they'll walk away and say, that is the greatest person I've ever met. Because you showed interest in them. But when we... When we decide that we are going to have faith in him and we become obedient to his voice and we begin to act on, on what the Lord is asking us to do, the church becomes an unstoppable force because it's functioning on all cylinders. John 15, Jesus gives us great insight for the church on how the world, what this world needs and what this church needs to be like. In John, I'm going to read it. And I'm just kind of going through it. And then later I have one verse on the screen for you. But right now I want to read John 15. Jesus begins this way. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Don't you love that? Another passage, or another version says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He cuts off every branch that in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Isn't that a great thing? That if you don't bear fruit, you're cut off. But if you bear fruit, he's going to prune you so you'll bear more fruit. It's, it's amazing. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he's giving out these eternal truths. And, and he goes on to say this. Num verse 4. Abide in me and I will abide in you. It's one of the most powerful one lines that, that in the scripture and it helps us understand how we can live out a productive life in Christ. We are talking about we are the church. We are trying to live and, and be who Christ has called us to be. And this is one of the most significant points that we can comprehend. And he simply says, I'm the vine, you're the branches, nobody can live outside of me. And then he says... 
if you abide in me, I will abide in you. Abide, abiding, it means to remain as one, to not become different, to remain as one, to not become different, to be with him. And what does that mean? Now, you can abide in the same household with somebody and not be part of that, of that conversation. All you married people, have you ever had a, a disagreement where you weren't talking to each other? In the house, don't, don't say no, because I don't want you to have to ask the Lord to forgive you for lying. <laughs> but I, I love those little times where, where you pretend like, you know, you know, like you pass each other in the hallway and you don't really want to talk, so you're just, you know, you know hallways aren't that wide. Um, you can live in the same place and not abide together, because abiding means to be in unison, to be as one, to have conversation to communicate, to really comprehend, to understand, to, to be wrapped around. Isn't that powerful? And Jesus is saying in John 15 that if you abide in me, if you devote your life to me, my life is devoted to you. That as you speak to me, I will speak to you. It's more than just praying in the morning and it's more than just praying in the evening. It's more than just going to church on Sunday and going to Bible study on Wednesday. Abiding means waking up in the morning with the song in your heart that says, Lord, I love you. What are we going to be doing today? And you're worshiping him throughout the day. It's talking to him throughout uh, whatever you're doing. And when you're talking to somebody else, you're saying, Lord, give me the words to say. Give me ears that I can hear what they're really saying it's communing abiding with Christ in you the Bible says that Christ is in you but he goes on to say this no branch can bear fruit by itself it must abide in the vine and neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me see the truth is as much as we really want to do the will of God, if we're trying to do it apart, we will never succeed. Because the will of the Father is found in abiding in Christ, being one with Him. How do you do that? How do you abide with him? Jesus says this, and, and, and I'm skipping through several verses, but he says in verse 13, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And in 15, 16, he says this, you did not choose me. He's talking about being friends. I know, I'm going to back up a little bit. Uh, in verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. And I will no longer call you servants because servants don't know what their master's business is. You ever worked for a corporation 
and you were working in a factory or, you know, and maybe the plant manager or, or the big bosses would come through occasionally, they had ideas of their own, but you, you were over here. You had no idea where the company was going or what the company was, the direction it was being taken. Jesus is saying, if you abide in me, you're no longer a servant being told what to do without understanding of why, but you become my friend. And my friends, I tell everything to. It's the difference between working for God and working with God. It's the difference between being told what to do and not understanding why and following his voice and knowing what the Spirit is saying to you. He goes on to say in, in verse 16, you did not choose me. In other words, you didn't choose me as a friend. I chose you. You didn't choose the Lord and say, Lord, I, I want to be your friend. He came to you. And he says, I want you to be my friend. And he says, I've not only chosen you, but I have appointed you. I've set you aside. It's that same verb that we just read in verse 13 where it says, greater love has no man than this, than he lay down his life. So he sets aside his life for his friends. But what did Christ do for us? But laid aside his regal robes and, and became one of us and, and, and obeyed his father. And he says, my father and I are one and, and I want us to be one as, as my father and I are one because I love him and he loves me and I do his will. And Jesus is saying, if you want that same relationship that I have with the heavenly father, and if you want it with me, then you must obey my commands. And my command is really simple. That you love one another. Love one another. And you say, well, some people are harder to love than others. Yes, they are. But there's no disclaimers. Jesus says, you didn't choose me to be a friend. I chose you and I appointed you. I set you aside. I, I've asked you if you really want to that you need to set aside your life for my will. And my will is this, that you love one another. See, we have to do our part in this friendship. The friendship with Christ is, is founded in doing what he asks of us. And we are given this mind of Christ when we are obedient to his voice. Just as Noah obeyed the Lord and, and it was imputed as righteousness to him when we're obedient to the voice of the Lord it's imputed as righteousness to us and we have a living symbiotic relationship with our heavenly father with with the creator of the heavens and the earth that he is with us and we are with him Christ chose us and set us aside that we would bear fruit, not just any fruit, but eternal fruit, fruit that lasts for eternity. And he said, I wanted you to go and bear fruit because as just as Christ came, we have to go.
and we are appointed to bear eternal fruit. And he says in, in this, look at the verse at the end of it. And then, and then, and then what? I have chosen you to be my friend, not just a servant. I want to share with you my will. And I will do that when you set aside your life to follow me and my will. And when you're obedient to my command, which is to love one another unconditionally. He says, at that point, you can ask anything in my name and the Father will give it. The Father will give you whatever you want. See, a lot of people think, oh my, here comes my new Mercedes. But it's not about that. See, because if you're abiding in Christ, if you have set aside your life for Him, if you are living a life that is that you love the Lord and you love others, when you begin to go to the Father and begin to pray and ask for things, it's not going to be about selfish things that you can lavish upon yourself, but it's going to be for the best interest of those around you. God, my friend, needs healing. God, my friend, needs uh, a a situation in their life needs to change and we go to him in prayer and when we go to him in prayer because we are going in love and when we go to the uh, to our father in love and we begin to ask these things and we do it in the authority of Christ because Christ has given us that authority that we can boldly go before the throne of grace and we say, Lord, my friend that I love is in need and would you bless them and would you touch them? And when you begin to do that, the windows of heaven begin to open and that's when revival happens. It doesn't happen when the church is set aside and indifferent, but when we are our servants nothing really happens but when we become the the friends of Christ when we are setting aside our life and following after him and we are loving our neighbor as ourselves when we begin to come before the father amazing things happen you say i want to change the world i do too but it begins and ends. It begins and ends with abiding in Christ. Would you, I'm going to ask our praise team to come. We're going to partake in communion in just a moment. The reason why Christ came. You say, I know, I know that one, Pastor. I got it. I went to Sunday school. I got that one. He came so he, he would die for our sins. Yes, yes, you are correct. You get that gold star. Why did he die for our sins? Why? Why would Christ die for us? Why would he die for us so we could live an indifferent, separate life from him? Why? 
if you're a parent or a grandparent, or there may be other situations in your life where you set aside your life, what you would do to bless those around you because you desire a relationship with people. My friends, it's really very simple. The reason why Christ died, came. The reason why Christ died wasn't just to get, give us a get out of hell free card. He wanted that fellowship with us. We do not comprehend how close God wants to be with us. We just don't get it. I, I will stand here today and I'll, I'll tell you, I'm the first one to admit, I don't get why God would want to be so close to me. But I do know this, that he loves me. And when I come near to him, he draws near to me. And he's faithful. And he's just. And he's inviting all of us into a relationship with him that's not based on servanthood, but friendship. And it happens when we set aside our lives, our, our agendas and what we want to do and what we should uh, be feeling and what we should get credit for and everything else. And we begin to focus on what pleases the Lord. And what pleases the Lord is loving people. And when we love people, we shift from being servant to being friend. And you're no longer on the floor of the factory, but you're in the office. And the CEO is talking to you about, this is the direction we're going. My friends, if you want to live a victorious life, if you want to really understand what it's like to have an intimate relationship with Christ, don't work for him work with you. Would you stand? I'm going to ask those that have, uh, would come and help me with communion. The Lord gave us this ordinance. We, he said as often as we do this, this ordinance is really a reminder it's a reminder of what Christ has done for us. We thank Him. We, we, Lord, we say, Lord, we thank You for your, your broken body. We thank You for Your shed blood. But I believe today the Lord is calling us into a closer, intimate relationship with Him. He's wanting us to move from that, that position of a servant to a position of a friend. And the only thing that stops us is our own agenda and our lack of love. Jesus said, if you just keep my commandment, which is to love one another, 
love. Love is an amazing thing, isn't it? It covers over a lot of things. It it forgives. It it doesn't hold grudges. It it's when your heart gets broken, you put your heart out there again. It's it's just 1 Corinthians 13 is a daily lifestyle of those that are friends with God. You say, but pastor, you don't know what that person said to me. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know. I'm I'm holding this resentment. And I, I don't know where this is coming from, but I'm speaking it anyway. If you have resentment in your heart, if you're holding something against somebody else, you've got to let it go. If you've offended somebody and you know you've offended somebody, put down your pride and go to them and say, brother, sister, I am so sorry. And allow the love of God to direct your life. How does the love of God direct your life? By preferring your neighbor over yourself. Thinking about them and acting in accordance with what is best for them, even when it's not what is best for you. And there's an amazing thing that will happen in your life. You will shift from servant to friend, and the Lord will begin to share with you His will and His desire, not just for you, around you the Lord is calling us inviting us to take that step of faith as pastor I want to ask you today is there something you need to let go of if there is the only thing you have to do is say Lord here it is I want to love as you love me and gave your life for me I want to set my life aside and and do your will. Would you pray with me?